Y'all are too loud. You're too loud. Who told y'all that too all bad? You're funny. I can't with y'all. Jordan. Yes, Chica. Girl, we're hmm. back. <laughs> and hopefully better than ever. You feel better? I feel a lot better because we're not alone this week. And I know everyone's sick of hearing our voices. <laughs> I know I am. Oh, our guest. Wow. Y'all, we're looking at her right now. We can't believe it. She looks so good. She is so good. <laughs> you need to care. <laughs> that is funny. Ooh, you better introduce her. <laughs> I want to introduce her. Let's just get right into it. Mm-hmm. So today we are sitting here with Queen Gabby. She is the CEO. CEO, y'all heard it right, yes, give us the angles, CEO and editor-in-chief of, drumroll please, Sheikah, please work on it. Well, I tried. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Meth Feeder, y'all know what Meth Feeder is, I know everyone follows, everyone reads, everyone's looking at the post, but in case you live under a rock, which you need to get out, it's an independent online magazine based in NYC, curated for just I feel like everyone like everyone I know reads and like looks at my feeder but it's specifically for the girls for the cool girls for the black girls for the millennial girls mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know about all things pop culture latest trends in fashion music entertainment but what I love so much about my feeder she can I know you do too is like it's also has a huge focus in like current events and social justice issues and everything so Gabby welcome Thank you guys for having me. Must I say that intro was quite well done. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for accepting the energy. (laughs) We're so excited you're here. Thank you for coming on. I just think this is going to be such a great, fulfilling conversation. So y'all, we got a little bit of our time today, so we're not going to waste it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Of course. We're so excited. (laughs) We're literally shook. All right. Well, let's start. Yeah. Start with the tweets. So go first. Yes, my tweet. Y'all know it's. Do you remember? Well, that's not my tweet, but that's what month it is. So my tweet is from Amber Ruffin, and she said, "You're never going to believe what month it is." And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) The whole tweet. I feel like. Can y'all believe we're in month nine out of Mm twelve? Wow, it's it's crazy. I feel like the time is going by fast and slow at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does make sense. I mean, if you think about it. Oh, and Gabby, you were in NYC. Mm-hmm. Quarantine. Yeah, I cannot imagine. Believe it or not, I actually went down to Atlanta <laughs> for most of it. Mm-hmm. I actually just came back up to um to like kind of, I guess, settle some things. I'm actually moving to Atlanta in the fall. Ooh. Congrats! Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Okay, that'll be so nice. Well, yeah, at least you got out of there because I feel like back in March, yeah, well, it was just rough, you know. That's so, yeah, true. That's my tweet. You're never gonna believe what month it is in December. <laughs> so get ready, y'all. We only got three more months. Mm-mm. All right, what's your tweet? <laughs> my tweet is one that really hit me um, <laughs> because it says, "Your email did not find me well. Now what?" Oh, I saw that one. That was a funny one. Because <laughs> realistically, you're, I'm not about to be like, yeah, actually, I'm actually super stressed and I can't respond to you right now. Right. So, right. You just have to pretend I found you well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Amazing. I love that tweet. Oh. I think that tweet is so funny. Because when I thought of that, I, I immediately thought of myself. Because every time I'm emailing someone new, I always say, hope is well. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a generic, and I know it is, but sometimes you get so lady, uh, lady, lazy when you're sending out emails. And it's such a go-to for me. So I definitely felt that tweet. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, what are you going to do? Just get right into what you want? Like, no one's going to do that. You kind of have to open it up like that. Yeah, you have to warm it up. I mean, especially if you're pitching something, like, of course, hope you're well or hope this email finds you well. It's such a, like, I don't know where we learned it from, but it was definitely universally taught to everyone. Maybe it was school. Maybe it was, like, your first, like, big-time job. But it was, like, I don't know where I picked it up, but someone definitely told me, start off your emails with hope you're well. I don't know who it was. I can't remember, but it definitely was. It's, like, standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, if CEO and editor-in-chief, <laughs> we're going to do it. <laughs> All right, Gabby, do you have a quote or tweet you want to share this week? No worries. So, I just picked one of mine. I feel a little like, oh, shoot, I should have picked someone else's. But from mine, I just put supporting a Black-owned business is the best feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I, I don't know, that's just the time I've been on ever since I was young. But now I feel like everyone is really pushing that, especially this year. It was a lot of devastation this year, but I feel like there was a lot of push economically for Black-owned small businesses to prosper. And that I really appreciate. Period. Full stop. (laughs) Full stop. I don't even have anything to add on. I feel like that's exactly right. Sheikha? No, yeah. (laughs) Wait. No, you're you're totally right. I feel like it's just a, a feeling that you get and you're like, wow, I'm supporting my own community. I'm not going out here and like it's a good feeling. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Amazon, it feels real bad when you click that that payment. Like, wow. Right. Right. I know Jeff is not gonna appreciate my money. <laughs> Black girls on the night. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Amazing. Well, we're done with our tweets. I love that Gabby used her own because that truly is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Gabby, we're just going to jump into the question. So our first question for you is about the term girl boss. So I know a lot of us have heard this term and I feel like I've heard a lot of debate about it and I want to know, we want to know your thoughts on it. So some people say the term girl boss is inspiring for girls everywhere, you know, you're a girl boss, but others say like, well, when you're saying girl boss, you're inherently saying that, you know, it suggests that bosses are supposed to be male. So with you being a boss, a girl boss, whatever, of this gigantic, <laughs> beautiful um, company. We're just curious, like, what do you, where do you fall on the side of that debate? It's interesting because I didn't know there was a debate. So maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm under a rock. But um, it's interesting. I get both sides. I personally like saying boss babe because I think, and this is just my opinion, I love being a woman. I love being girly. I love like, you know, exuding sex appeal or just like, you know, being feminine and I guess in those terms or in those ways. So I I don't mind being called a girl boss or a boss babe because, you know, I am a woman and I'm very proud of that and I am a boss and I'm proud of that too. So I've never really mind the words. Absolutely, boss has been, you know, anonymous no synonymous with males so 
I get what they're saying, but sometimes I wonder if we react poorly to things that have always been, if that makes sense, because the boss has been associated with male. So is it wrong for us to say girl boss when we're saying like, I'm a boss and I'm also a woman? Because when you do think boss, especially I'm pretty sure children and even us back in the day, you do think of, of male. And funny enough, a lot of times you think of a white male because, you know, we're in a Western society. So I, I don't mind it. Like, I, I, I'm very proud of being a woman. So being called the girl boss, I would never be offended by personally because I am a girl and I am a boss. So I've always <laughs> liked it. You know, I think, wasn't there a book? And I, I read this. That the nasty gal, the old CEO and founder wrote, wasn't it called Girl Boss? Sophia? I think so. I think yeah, so. I loved it. I, I, I got the message. You know, she is a female and she's a boss. And she was in a fashion driven industry. So it just felt very on brand and very on trend. So, yeah, I, I liked it. I, 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 I like it. So I don't mind it. I rather boss babe because it sounds like hotter and I feel like I'm a hot girl. <laughs> So boss babe is like sexier to me, but yeah, like I don't mind it. Not at all. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. A thousand percent. I think I like boss babe more too. I think it has a yeah. cute like ring to it, but ring. yeah, that's a great point. Like owning womanhood is sometimes, you know, standing up for like what you said, being a woman. And that doesn't necessarily always have to have a negative connotation to it that people put on us lots of times. Like you can be a boss babe and still be, you know, pro woman and, you know, pro boss. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I agree. Amazing. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I, I like read parts of that book. It's like so good. Cause I feel like yes. it highlights like the parts, like being a woman CEO is like different than being a man yeah. CEO. You have to deal with different like challenges and stuff. So I definitely, I definitely feel you on that one. I agree. I agree. And it's like, being a lady is so awesome. I don't know. I love being a girl. Like, you know, I love what it means and what we stand for. And yeah, and I like talking to other women. I don't, I, I don't mind it personally. We love being girls here, y'all. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> and we're loud about it, period. <laughs> So another thing we're really just curious about is as a CEO, as an editor-in-chief of such a giant magazine, like, that is on top of pop culture, that's talking about the issues that are super relevant to people right now, like, do you feel the need personally to be, like, catching every single thing? Like, how do you stay on top of that? And, like, is that, like, a conversation that you've had, like, with your staff or something, or just a conversation that you're having internally? Honestly, great question. And yes, it is a conversation I have with my staff lots of times. I even had it with them yesterday. There's a very big mental push by my own self to stay on top of everything. And it truly is deadly because it kills me from the inside out because it's just no way to be on top of everything. Um, I, I try my absolute best, but the truth is like my affinity isn't like necessarily for news the way it used to the way it used to be I was so much more into the news into what was going on into the music and jumping on everything and that was something I enjoyed but now my joy is a little different so now being being on top of everything in a sense feels like a chore so it's really hard for me to stay on top of everything and to be honest I definitely beat myself up about it however what I decided to do um, with my team we said, okay, we can't be on top of everything because we do have a small team. We're not a BuzzFeed or a Huffington Post yet. 
So it's like, I do have a small team and we don't, like, I think my social media team is only like three girls and myself. So it's like, we can't stay on top of everything. So we had to switch around our content plan. Um, and back in the day, or maybe a year ago, we were so newsy and we were so on top of the news, but it was eating away at the team because that's like a full-time job. And if we wanted to do other things like articles, interviews, YouTube content, photo shoots, and other like verticals that we do, it, it was just too hard. It was too time consuming. So now I have to constantly tell myself it's okay not to be on top of everything. And now like that's where, you know, celebrating more like black creatives comes into play. So, you know, we'll post their photo shoots and that can be like stock content for us. We'll post um, like we'll post birthdays, which is stock content because we can research a birthday a month, you know, a month from today and say happy birthday. So now we can, we, we switched around our content plan so we can plan in the future. I still get, I still feel bad when we're not on top of things. Like, you know, I really wish we could have like jumped on the do it remix. Cause that was such a hot thing, but I think it came out at night or something. Cause I totally missed it. And then I'm seeing all the heat from it in the morning and it's like, shoot. Cause that's right on brand for us to talk about the do it remix with Chloe and Haley and, and Mulatto city girls and Doja. But it's like, if I don't see it and if one of my teammates haven't saw it, it's like, we won't get it, you know? So that's like, I do feel bad at not about not being on top of everything, but I just, all I can do is we try our best and, you know, we, some certain things may hold more urgency than others, but it's, it's definitely really hard to stay on top of everything. I can't even imagine, like, like you said, how you switch your content plan. Like, I can't imagine like switching things up and restructuring while you're still going and, you know, owning that space. That just must be so much like, I feel like it has a potential to have like a lot of anxiety and stress attached Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's so great to hear you say like, we just do our best. And I think that's something we can all use. Like we're not all, you know, prevalent in the online space, but in every area of our lives, we can really just, you know, only do our best. And that has to be enough. Yes. And it's, I, I struggle with that because sometimes I feel like my best isn't good enough. And I think a lot of like people in the position, honestly, anyone, it could be a boss, it could be a student. Like if you have that, that, that need to always want to be on top or always want to like show your best, it's, it's hard not to have anxiety along with it. And that's how I feel because like, I've always, even when we came straight out, my competitors was always like in my in my head was a Vogue was a Teen Vogue was um was a nylon like I, I shot really big from the start like I always wanted to bring the quality that those brands brought to my brand so because of that I just used to go so hard now thank God I calmed down a bit and I'm not necessarily in a constant competition in my mind because I was competing with everyone in the beginning and that also gave me anxiety and that's why we went so hard. But now it's like, if I see some news and I can't like put together a post, I might quote it, you know, um, I'm like, I'm, I'm not good friends, but I'm friends with the creator of Pop Crave on Twitter. He's a dope dude. He's a guy from Miami. He's Puerto Rican and he's really awesome. And his name is Will. And um, like, I might see something Pop Crave like has and I'll quote it. You know what I mean? And hopefully we have a relationship where like we can retweet each other's stuff. And that's where relationships come into play because personally, I can't be on it. So for me, if I can't be on it or my team can't, that means we need relationships with like the neighborhood talks, 
or like with Pop Crave where we can retweet their stuff and they will tweet ours and we can like circulate the content that way. Because the truth is all of those publications, like all those new ones on Twitter and Instagram and on the web, our reach goes but so far, but together we're stronger. And I know our team goes but so far because it's really hard for like black or people of color to get funding and meet. It's, it's hard to get funding in anything period, but media I believe has been probably one of the hardest things to get funding for. Um, media investments pay off way later than a, a product investment or even a service investment. Someone investing in media now may not get their money until 2030, you know? So it's, it's a different type of company to like help grow, but it's so important because media really influences the people and you can influence the people to vote. You can influence the people to like something or like, a like, um, like an artist, listen to their music, support someone. So it, it's, it's a lot of influence, but when it comes to like black media and people of color media, we're definitely at a disadvantage when it comes to that. So relationships, that's something that I've been working on after this, you know, podcast, I'm going on a live with a young lady by the name of Crystal and she runs a, a platform called Black Femininity TV on YouTube. And it's like, we have to keep doing those things because we're growing each other by collaborating and that's really what it's about that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) no I love that you said that and I love that you're so invested in like building up other like black and like latinx creators like with you I feel like we need as much push like together as a community because we're we're strong by ourselves but like you said we're so much stronger when we're together I think that's going to be the thing for us like I was even having a discussion yesterday, like group economics, like a lot of people don't see it that way or they don't believe it or they don't even know what it is. But the thing about it is this, if all of the money is going to in one direction and there is money in this community, but it's going out, if we can circulate that money constantly and then allow other communities to put in, put in, put in once they see it grow, we can actually have a true like, standing in multiple industries so for me and it it sucks that I'm so busy all the time because it's hard for me sometimes to keep these relationships but to me we have to connect and we have to constantly we have to have like a on a speaking relationship with all our competitors or all the people in our field like I, I remember I reached out to the neighborhood talk and they were so receptive but I, I forgot to email them. So today I'm going to email them. And I reached out to Pop Crave. And we speak, we used to speak a lot back in the day. After COVID, things just got crazy. So everyone kind of just buckled down because it was hard to even keep your business running during COVID. So everyone kind of just got focused. But I got to give Will a call too. Like I have to like keep those connections tight because truly it's so hard to do what we do. And the people that do it great, you need to make sure like, you're talking to them and you're on a speaking basis. And this goes for y'all too. I, I'm not sure what you guys are studying in school, but I really believe it's about your network. So, you know, you can even get people to do homework for you. You know what I mean? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but you know, but it's, I feel like college is, is such a great way to understand real life. If you really look at it that way, because even my boyfriend, he's still in school and, um, He's taking his whole year and he's telling me that he has a whole plan. I, I don't even know I should say the plan because it's not good, the plan he has. But <laughs> like, 
I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It makes a lot of sense. I've never seen it that way until you broke it down that way. So yeah, it's, it's really about your network for real. Even in the industries I'm in and, and even in the business I'm in, it's about your network and every business I feel. Yes. We're, yes, we are business students. And so oh, all, nice. the, yeah, yes. That's awesome. so all the time is your network is your net worth. Is that mm-hmm. the phrase? Yes. I think so, yes. yes. <laughs> I love it. So constantly like tapping into that. Cause like, like you said, like college can really be, it is kind of what you make it. And if you treat it like a microcosm of something greater, like what you said, like, I feel like you can get more out of it. So yes, yes, I agree. That's great. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And as you're talking, I I was just thinking like, this is really why representation is so important. Because if you don't have people that either look like you or just like can share that identity as you're building that community, then like, it's not going to be as robust and as like colorful as like it could be. So wow. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with you girls. I'm like, I'm looking at you. I was like, oh, like <laughs> the, the, the youngest, I, even though I'm probably only a few years older, but still it's like, ah, love it. No, we're obsessed with you. <laughs> we are super fans. We're fangirling right now. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I'm like, oh, stop. Like, but you, I'm just so proud in a sense. Like, I feel like I'm looking at the future. Like I'm looking at these girls and it's like, wow. I'm so proud. Like, I can't explain. I'm so proud. Like, keep going, y'all. I'm just, I'm just like, yes, you know? Wait, that's just, I was about to say it made my week, but low-key the year. <laughs> oh, God. These are just so sweet. I'm just like, wow. <laughs> well, I feel like if we're the future, like, you are paving the way, you know? It really is, like, an ecosystem, and we all need each other. Like, we desperately need each other. We need each other. I agree. We appreciate you. <laughs> appreciate you as well. Thank you. All right, Shika, you want to hit us with another question? Yeah. So in 2017, we were reading that you kind of got asked the question, like, where do you see the magazine in five years? And you were talking about you need it in print, you want a YouTube, you want to expand it, you want to start doing more interviews with new people. And you accomplished so much of that. I was just on the site yesterday and I was looking at like Naomi Small's interview and I, I'm like obsessed with her. I was like, the fact that you guys got people like that and so many more people um, is just amazing. So we kind of want to ask you like the same question, like now that you're here, where do you see it? And then also like, has that, I guess your vision for the company changed over the past couple of years? You know what's so funny? So I'm not going to lie, I screenshotted that question when, um, when I saw you guys sent it to me in the email, and I was like, wow, I forgot I said that. And it kind of got me like kind of giddy because I'm really happy. Like I'm really proud of myself because, you know, sometimes when you're in it, you forget how far you came. And I, I totally forgot I said that in 2017. And everything I said, I'm actively pursuing. So I would say in 2020, I'm still on that path in 2017 because not everything is in full for like in fruition, but it's got started and I'm very proud of that. So with the YouTube, there's going to be a big push this year in 2021 to just have content up and up there. One of my biggest struggles I would say as a creative and as an entrepreneur was I've wanted everything to look so crisp that unfortunately I 
forgot how amazing it is for someone to be on the journey with you and see you grow and how, how much of a connection that ha you have with your fandom when you do it that way. So for me now, not saying that I want it to be crappy or I want it to not be as posh or crisp, I'm allowing, to I'm allowing myself to grow in front of my fandom. I was always a bit shy about that and, you know, and I wasn't always like ready to like really tell people what I was going through or share with them. But now it's like more than ever, I really want to do that because number one, I've seen like other comrades do it and how connected they are to their fandom. And then also too, I think it's like helpful and it's time. Like you said, you know, representation matters. So if I can show you girls what I've doing, what I've done and what I'm going through, I'm hoping that you guys can take that and learn from it and just, and like do better. You know what I mean? I want to like push the next generation up. So that interview was really dope, like just to see that come around. So yes, I still want to like build up the YouTube. For me, YouTube was always a platform I wanted to get into because I felt it was a great platform to sell through. You know, we want to drop products and merch so we can drop it on the Twitter and on the Instagram. But personally, in my mind, like I don't feel like our audience would be as connected unless they really knew the people behind the brand. And that's why YouTube felt so big to me because if I'm able to really connect with my audience, like how I'm connecting with you guys, when we put out some merch, there's going to be more excitement behind it because y'all know how long we've been working. Y'all know how hard we've been working. So for me, um, YouTube is still something I really want to get into and more video. Um, for the brands under Mephita, that's so dope that I said that in 2017. We are actively pursuing that. So one of the offshoots that we've been doing kind of behind the curtains. We haven't really dropped it yet. And I want to, but it's like, I don't know what's holding me back, but we started something called the meth agency. So essentially we like work on rollouts and um, content and PR and marketing for other celebrities and companies. One of our clients that we worked with before COVID was um, Sin Santana. We worked on her, her EP that she's dropping this year. And then we worked on getting her her image, I guess, solidified by like taking her to fashion shows and like cleaning up maybe some of like the the tension she may have had with our community. So we we worked with that, and then um, we've also worked with like Tyler Perry on his movie Nobody's Fool. We've worked, and that was through an agency that actually got that client. We've worked with Nars. We did a woman's event. So it's like we've been we've we've been active. We have brands high key under the meth eater um slate but we just haven't announced them so we have the agency i've been working on the merch which i can't wait because out of the full like five years <laughs> five years of the company like we've never had merch and it's always come up it's always come up in conversation but it always played the back seat for whatever reason i don't know but now like it's the front seat for me like i'm going super hard and producing merch um and I'll definitely send you girls some stuff and you guys can give us your feedback. Um, I'm definitely going big time in merch and just, I think it needs to be done. Let me see what else was on that list. I think that list was like interviewing celebrities. God is good. We've done that. And now we have, because we've put so much work in, I know we can pull a lot of people now and that's amazing. I think another thing on that list was, it was, oh, print. So with print, 
I'm so excited because that's actually a project I'm working on as well. So that's why it's like full circle for me to read that quote that you guys pulled because we are going print. I guess this is an exclusive. I haven't told anyone this only like people on the phone. We, we are going print and I'm, and at first I won't lie to you guys. Like I wanted to drop it in like February. I wanted it to be like black history month, black magazine, black owned, black creatives, black history. I want, I want to drop it in February, 2021. But I had a beautiful conversation with a young girl from Liberia. She was a photog- She's a photographer. And I want to say her name is like Leslie or like Leah. I can't remember her name in this moment. But she was just speaking so highly about like Africa's creatives, like Ghana and Nigeria and how like they really need like a spotlight on them. And I was like, yeah, like that's what I want to do. I want to bridge the African diaspora. And the way she was so, like, in love with her culture and in love with what needs to be done to bring it to the forefront, I was like, wait, maybe, like, rushing a print mag just to put out at a certain time just to meet, like, this whole, like, you know, Black History Month rollout doesn't make sense. Maybe I need to put a lot of energy and time and research in this, really curate this, and drop it maybe mid-month because... One thing she said to me, she was like, you know, back in the day, like we had magazines and we even used it for our writings. We used it for our, our reports and we would always cite the magazine. Like if you do this magazine justice, you can be like a print source for like a student doing a, you know, doing a research paper on 2020 and why that was like, you know, epic for black people or America or any, any country. Cause so many countries were dealing with COVID. So it just really was like, you know what, you're right. Like I should take my time. I should find the right people and I should really curate this. And I shouldn't care like when it comes out. That was one of my biggest issues too. And it's still something I struggle with. I'm always trying to market. I'm always trying to like hit a certain rollout. But now I'm just like, you know what? No, I'm just going to do things I believe in, put it out, connect with my audience, connect with the fandom and just do things that I think the girls and the guys that follow us want and just be proud of that like you know what I mean because sometimes we want validation so bad that we just we try our best and and that's one thing I would say like I struggled with having a social media company I wanted validation so bad and um I I'm now I'm just like no forget that you have to validate yourself sorry that was long-winded but (laughs) no wow I'm like sitting here like tearing up so I'm from Ghana and like I just love when like people when when they reach out to the diaspora and like really make sure to like put the work in and like reach out to like everyone so this is making me so happy like I don't know I I just feel like I don't know if this is weird but I just feel so proud of like where this is going and like I just I can see it being like so big and like getting an artist like maybe getting featured and all that kind of stuff so I'm like I'm fangirling right now and I just feel like so proud of like my country and hopefully the people who are going to be on it I don't know she was so passionate about her country and that's how I feel about mine too like you know I'm fr- my family's from Jamaica and Panama so I'm Afro-Latina and I'm Caribbean and I'm in the states and I love the states and I love Jamaica and I love Panama and I love the countries um and it's like we gotta connect more because there's so much of us but it's like they really put things in play so we never connected with our brothers and sisters. 
like they made Americans, like black Americans hate Africans. They made Caribbeans hate African-Americans. And it's like a cycle where we all judge each other and pin each other against each other. And this was, this was man-made, like this was made so we don't all come together and rise up. And I'm just tired of that, like honestly. And I want us to feel more connected. And if I can do that through art and fashion in a magazine and through events, et cetera, like I just want to be that bridge. And then hopefully that bridge just means something even greater comes from it because I just economically, like those countries, all, all these countries, they, we have to do better. And I feel like we're not where we need to be because of like colonialisms in those places. Like sucking out the natural resources, sucking out the manpower, sucking out, you know, the money. I mean, I was reading an article about West Africa and apparently the ones that were colonized by France was still using the franc. Right. And I was like, what? Because that was so big to me because France doesn't even use the franc. They use the euro. And the way that the game was so good that France was running on these countries was that you had to pay them to hold your money in the banks, you had to pay them to print your money, and you had to pay them to circulate your money. So that's three checks France is getting for a, for a currency they don't even use because it's so weak in their country. Like, that's running game for real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm happy that they, just, they realized that and they decided to make their own currency, like, amongst those countries. And I know, like, the East African countries are coming together. I read an article, like, Rwanda in southern Sudan, in Zimbabwe, they're all going to, like, make one, like, confederacy together, and I'm like, yes, like, y'all have the right idea, because Mm -hmm. the the breakups that the colonial powers, like, put on Africa, that wasn't even true to the empires, like, when they came in Ghana, they didn't care that Ashanti was, like, half in Ghana and half in another country, they just broke it up down the middle, so they weren't really bordering the country to, like, reflect the culture that was already there, they just ordered to reflect what they were able to negotiate with each other. Like how, you know, P- Portugal and Spain cut South America in half. How could you cut a continent that already has people in it in half and say, okay, we'll claim Brazil and you get the other half? How does that work? Like, it's like you're not even consulting any of the natives that, that were there. So it's just, yeah, that's how I feel. And that's that's so real. And we, the amount of things that are happening in Africa that are to this day just because of the colonial like systems is is disgusting. Yes. Frankly, I just can't like my just to briefly give an example. My my parents speak like seven languages each, and that's because British like they they split up like the different towns. They make sure like you only talk to like the people that were around you, and so like you have all these like different tribes, and they're in the same place. And they could be their own separate like country or even separate state or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they're not allowed to do that. And I just find that so, just the fact that that's still going on to this day is disgusting, like I said. That's but <laughs> Seven languages each. Well, kudos mm-hmm. to your parents. That's, that's, that's big. Yeah, and that's like, like standard for Ghana. Like I feel like when what? I, um, yeah, a lot of people speak like five, six, seven languages because everyone's just together. And that's like speaks to like the diversity that's in Africa. Because like, I think Africa is the most diverse continent yes. like on the planet. On the planet is. And everyone like has a different culture. And so like the fact that <laughs> France, Britain just went in there and they were like, ah, I think a line goes here. I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> 
interesting. Seven. Could you kind of get into what those seven languages are? Yeah. So um, I feel like each tribe kind of has a couple. So like my dad's mm. Krobo and he like speaks Krobo. Um, but like some tribes are connected to like bigger like families or kingdoms. So like the Shanti region has like a couple. Um, and I feel like it, it really, it depends because some of them are kind of similar. So you could say like they're dialects, but like and when you really look at all like the different nuances, they're, they're languages in themselves. So like literally my grandma lives like in Medina, which is in Accra, but if you go down the street, like people are speaking a different language, like within the same like kilometer. So wow. it's, I don't know exactly how they got foreign, but it kind of just speaks to like how diverse Africa is and like how much power and, and history that we have within just the things that we're doing every day. Cause it's amazing that you have like that diversity within like such a small like piece of a city. That's so dope. And honestly, how smart Africans are. Because mm-hmm. to hold seven languages and to know each, to remember, that like that's so big. You know, a lot of times Americans, we only know one language because of just English being, you know, so widely known. And then also too in the Caribbean, most of the Patwa is English based. So it's like, wow, that's that's really amazing. I, I really wish this is my one, I guess, goal for myself to learn at least one, like, seriously, because I feel like I only, like, can pick up, like, some words just being in the U.S. for so long, but. Right. <laughs> Go for the next question. So, um, I think, like we mentioned, we're business students, and so what we kind of see is that once you get into, you know, the work-life world, in whatever space that is, oftentimes you might be managing your peers, or you might be managing, yeah. you know, older than you so meth eater having a team that's primarily young men and women how is it for you managing a team of a younger audience and how do you strike that balance between like being a boss and being a friend so you know great question because this is something I've struggled with for a very long time so because God is so good at my background was in hospitality and my first like big girl job was working for a hospitality company on Wall Street. So I, I was hired at a young age. I was hired around 20, 21. I might have even lied about my age because I think I was 20 going on 21, but I told him I was 21. But um, I, I had like, a, 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 like five interns with me on, at, at that job. And one of the girls who was under me was 27. I think her name was Catherine. She was a really nice girl and she did a great job. She actually was my favorite. And... Um, I, because of that experience, I knew how to manage people because of that experience. I'm also the oldest of seven. So I have, and to be honest, if I count everyone, including stepchildren, it will be 10. But seven are the ones that are um, like birthed by my parents. And um, I, I've always was a leader because of that, because of just being the oldest of seven children. And even like in school, like there's always taking the lead on projects and stuff. So because of that, I, um, I always knew how to lead, but it got really difficult when I was working on meth because a lot of the people in the beginning were my friends. And that probably was one of the challenging things for me because I was managing people who really saw me out the mud so it was it was hard for them to take me serious in the beginning because the fun loving jokey girl who was like their friend and who they generally just loved and and adored 
was kind of no longer there to a certain extent. So finding that balance was really hard for me in the beginning. What that meant for me was a lot of people in the beginning, unfortunately, either got fired or they quit because the work, the working with them was so difficult because a lot of them could not remove me out of the friend category. And the ones that could, they could remove me from the friend category, but then they, they slid, they, they slid on their work. They, they weren't performing well because we were friends and they felt that was like their saving grace. They started being really sloppy when it came to the work. So that was really, um, that was really hard for me because I always wanted to be light. Um, I've always been that type of girl. I always wanted to be like, I always wanted to be sweet to everyone. But then I realized that in some ways was being kind of, you know, used against me. I was so sweet. So the team, sometimes they, you know, they kind of, they played it to their advantage. You know, they, they would slide on work or they would talk to me a bit rudely and not respect that, hey, I'm still your boss. So when it comes to that, I would say what I did to solve that issue, and I still have that issue here and there, I fired all my friends who I worked with. I, I actually fired the last of them this year. COVID was a blessing because I couldn't like afford to pay them anymore because of, you know, COVID. I, we lost a lot of business because of COVID and I couldn't afford them anymore. So God was so good because I wanted to fire them before COVID, but I couldn't bring myself to do it because I just love them so much, but I actually had a genuine excuse. I couldn't afford to pay them. And even though, you know, the people that work for me, they're so, they're such a blessing. They're always saying, you know, I can work for you for free, you know, like, don't worry. I, I took that opportunity to say, no, I don't want you to work for free. Cause I, I really didn't, to be honest. And then also too, it was like, it, even if you did work for free, it would actually hurt me because you're not doing anything. So even you being here in a sense is a liability because the thing about teams is that it's multiple people so they'll watch what other people get away with and then they'll do the same so when you're managing a team if there's somebody who has like any favoritism on the team by you or any like leeway the other team looks but the, the teammates will look at it and they'll either get jealous so they start acting out because they're like wait I do way more work than this person but they still get all the perks of being close to the boss so that's number one, they'll start acting out. Number two, they'll start following that person. Like, oh, okay, like if he can get away with it, I can get away with it. So then they start getting sloppy themselves. So for me, managing a team of young people meant finding like-minded people who can put semantics such as age or friendship to the side and really work to get the goal and the job done. Now my team, like no one on my team is a friend. They're all just people I love like family because a lot of them has been with me for a very long time. Um, it's a lot smaller than it used to be because managing, at one point I used to manage 20 people on the team. This is like when we were like going super hard on articles and super hard on like staying on top of the news. But 20 people means 20 personalities. <laughs> and it was a lot because I just had no time to myself and high key, I still have no time to myself, but now it's just, at least I'm putting it in things that I really believe in. Because managing 20 people means them speaking to you when they're upset, them not liking something, wanting to share it with you. It's a lot of things that go into it that sometimes I'm not even here for because I'm going with my own issues. And I'm just like, oh, man, I don't even want to hear this. But you have to hear this because you're the boss, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. That's so interesting that, well, first of all, I think something that really sucked out to me is how, like, 
you're right. God is so good because sometimes the things we worry about the most, he's like, don't even worry about it. I'll take yes. it. Yes. Like for you, it was definitely, you know, obviously COVID is detrimental, but we have to see the light and stuff. And that sounds like it was definitely a light. And also just having the maturity to, I think Sheikha and I can definitely resonate with like the, we want to be liked. Like, you know, I feel like it's yeah. natural. It's people to like them, but finding that line and that maturity to be like, okay, like, I'm still your boss. And like, we want to see Mephiter win. And to do that, mm. have to find a line. It's so true. It's so true. And I think, because one of my mentors in my mind that I still talk to her is Karen Civil. And she t- she's such a boss. Like, she's, she's so, like, cold. But in a beautiful way. Like, I want to be like her so bad sometimes because the vibe she gives me, I'm like, damn, that's cold. But then I'm like, damn, but you're so right. <laughs> Shoot. Because I remember I had an issue with one of my employees talking about our business to like an, a, an important person. And I told Karen about it. And she was like, wait, they don't got an NDA? I said, what do you mean? She said, all your employees should have an NDA. I was like, a non-disclosure agreement for what? She said, because they know all your secrets. Of course they need an NDA. And I was like, Karen, you were so right. And then after that, I gave everyone an NDA. So mm-hmm. it's like, you need you you need mentors i you know she's not necessarily like my mentor like she may not know it but she is in my mind <laughs> and you need people like that who's just been there and who can tell you through experience especially when you know you're doing something that you don't really have anyone to like follow or go by mm-hmm. wow Dang, Sheikha, you writing notes? Because we need to revisit that. (laughs) Especially the people pleaser part. Oh, I, (laughs) that hit my soul. That really did. And I know it did because I'm going to tell you, and this is everybody, but I know in immigrant households, it's like the women, it's like we're expected to like hold everything on our back and like the men just get to be free. And I know that stay with me because that's exactly how they raised me in my house, in, in my household, like. I have a male cousin. He could do no wrong. But me? <laughs> what? Like, nah, you can't do that. <laughs> you're bringing up memories. Chica, <laughs> where mm-hmm. are you? Oh, you're right. My brother is just in there chilling. It's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> no shade to your brother. But you know, he probably even knows himself. Because funny thing, my cousin knows it. And he even called me out on it. He's like, you just jealous that I could do things that you can't do. I was like, ooh, you got I am. He said yes. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I am. And that's the and I said, and that's why da 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 da. Right. <laughs> that's me. No, I love how that's just like an understood thing in like every like African or like Caribbean family. Like the the man is just gonna chill. And the woman's going to be breaking her back (laughs) (laughs) and be nice about it. (laughs) Okay. Well, one of our last questions is really just about the magazine. Cause like we said, we, every time we get a notification, we see like, actually, let me take this time. If y'all aren't following the brand, first of all, what are you doing? (laughs) Because when I tell you it's, beautiful pictures, beautiful information and all that kind of stuff. And every time we see, like, I don't know, Jordan, about you, but, like, when I see, like, Issa Rae, like, doing her stuff and you guys retweeting that or even posting that, I'm just like, wow. Wow, 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 wow. I mean, even yesterday, right? Like, 
birthday, B-Day, mm-hmm. the content was there for my feeder. Like, I remember as soon as I get on Twitter, I see it. I'm like, they're just on top of, I mean, from our eye. I know mm-hmm. we just talked about No, but <laughs> I ho- I'm glad you guys think that. I hope everyone does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. y'all need to turn the notifications on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I really stay on top of it. We were just wondering, like, speaking of covers and just people that you want to interview, do you have any like dream guests or any dream interviews your dream cover stars if you had to give us three who would those people be oh three okay well let's claim it i hope god is listening (laughs) oh i know he always is so i my so my dream cover star right now would be megan the stallion um we reached out to her right before she blew up and this is actually right before her mom passed her name i didn't realize we were talking to holly at this time and we were actually scheduling a shoot um because she like Holly knew how much we supported Megan and I don't know and she just stopped answering out of nowhere and I was like oh shit I wonder what happened but I never knew Holly was like like Megan's mom I just thought she was like her assistant or something or maybe like her manager and I think she was her manager and um I was just I was just kind of like waiting and waiting and then I actually messaged her her um her label owner I think his name is uh Carl Carl Crawford and I just like DM'd it and I just was, I looked for his email on his DMs and I just emailed him about Megan and just really went in the cover or just to like do something with her because this is like, this is right before Fever, I want to say. This is still like Tina Snow era because I, Tina Snow for me is still my favorite project of Megan. So I was, you know, I was, I really wanted to work with her, but um, now I understand why he didn't answer because obviously now we know they were having issues. And he wasn't really managing her. It was um, the other guy, the uh, uh, T. Ferris, I think is his name. So she's still on the top of my list. Um, I really want her on the the, the print that we dropped. Um, I really like Sweetie. Um, she follows both like the Twitter and the Instagram. She's somebody who's been there from the beginning as well. And we've been supporting her from the beginning. I have both Sweetie and Megan like on on my Instagram, like saying, oh, maybe not Sweetie. I know I have Megan. I think Sweetie, we put it on IG story because it wasn't as crisp. But we all have like, um, um, we both have them on like on video saying like, we love Meth Eater. We love them so much, et cetera. And I really love Sweetie. I think Sweetie is very supportive. She always comments on stuff. She's always retweeting stuff. And then I like what she did because Sweetie, in my opinion, is finding herself in the music while it's while she's living it like with Megan I feel like she perfected her craft before she blew up but with Sweetie she didn't and she gets a lot of slack for maybe not being like the best musically and I think she probably knows that but she's not giving up and it's because of that why I want her to be a cover star because she just she doesn't give up she's so she's so tenacious to me and I like that about her a lot and then I like her story I like how she's really into her family like I was watching her documentary on YouTube like she seems to be a really nice girl. And then I love that she supports us. Same with Megan, because she follows us on Twitter and stuff. And then um, I guess my next one would be like Yara. And even her mother, like they also follow the brand and they're very supportive. And we, we've DM'd Yara back and forth a few times. She's really sweet. She's someone I would also like to be a cover. Um, I think she's just such a dope individual. And I just... I like her a lot. Um, in regards to, let me see some other ones. Cause I have a few g- people on my list. 
Um, I really like Telfar. I really want him on the cover that we're, and I'm claiming him. I really hope that he could do it. I really want him on the cover of our print. Um, I think he had an amazing 2020 and I think he's introduced us to some really dope ideas with like the whole Telfar lock security bag program where, you know, you can get your bag because it sells out so quick. I think that was dope. Um, I like Hanifa. I think she had a great 2020. Um, I would love her on a cover or if not on a cover, I would love her featured in the print mag. Um, and I really, I think my last one, I actually was thinking about it today because I want a protest cover because I feel like 2020 was really like big for protests. Um, I, I think John Bodega or Boyega, I think he did some great work in London for like the protesters. And, um, you know, London is one of our biggest, bigger cities. I would love to show that love to London and the show that love to him because he seems to like he was very vocal in the Black Lives Matter movement. So, yeah, those would be my top covers right now. Well, God is good and we're going to manifest that because those all sound <laughs> Amen. Yeah, I really do. I know she could as too. You really like speaking things into existence. So, we're just going to sit back. You put it in the universe. We're going to sit back and when it comes out, we'll be the first retweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you. I was just going to say, we, were, we wouldn't be surprised at all if you got any of those people because the way you guys are just going up, up, and up, immediately, we, we can see it. <laughs> like, I'm going to really put it in existence. I think I'm going to start reaching out to some of their, their networks early on because, yeah, I would really love it. I really would, you know. Yeah, those would be my top. If I had to, like, if I really had to claim it, I think my top would be Megan Telfar, John Boega for this year. But then next year, I think I would want Sweetie, Yara, and her mother. And who's my last person? And Anifa. I mean, there's so many. I just want to, I want a legacy. So I'm hoping that we can have multiple people on the covers at different times, you know, especially when they represent that year so well. But y'all, if y'all haven't seen any of the covers, please, please go look at them because they're fire. Thank you. Gabby, thank you so much for answering. We're going to round it out by talking about what's making us loud. Okay. Um, Okay, I'll go first. So what's making me loud this week is actually this whole month. So like I said, sticking on the theme of September, this is National Suicide Prevention Month. Oh, wow. This means a lot to me, this topic is like I really care about this deeply um I think 2020 is hard and I don't even have to say it we all know but checking in and really checking in means more than it ever did I think and so when we talk about suicide prevention month we need to talk about these check-ins but also systems in place to make sure that it doesn't fall on friends all the time so universal health care, <laughs> investing in community mental health services, investing in peer-to-peer support groups, investing in lifelines. These are all really, really important um, to me and to, I know, all of us here and to the world. So just know Shika and I are here for anyone who ever wants to talk ever, like, and we seriously mean that. And um, really, I would just challenge all of us to be more intentional this month, if I mean all the time, but this month specifically, really being intentional on checking in on our friends and our family and just making sure that we're all okay. I love that. No, that's real. That's real. I feel like 
even like just going with like mental health struggles and stuff like we've all like gone through different things and I feel like it's hard to be like oh do I want to reach out to my friend and bother them and I don't want to unload all this stuff and like if this is a sign like please feel free to like talk to your friend and friends on the other side like check on people who you might not even think like something bad is going on in their life because you never know once you actually have that conversation so thank you and at our at our government government y'all hear that first part <laughs> it's not just on our friends like if we don't have these services then what truly like we're just doing it as feedback loop or something because it doesn't make sense exactly so that's what's making me loud this whole month y'all all right she- so i'll get into mine and this one didn't happen this week but it has been on my mind because i just think about it like randomly and it's like how is this even a thing that hasn't gotten justice yet so Basically, a couple of weeks ago, there was some protests in Miami, um, mm. and the protesters ran over a Black man in the street who was protesting, right? And so the man is obviously mad. They're, like, going back and forth, and the police don't arrest the people who, like, dro- drove into the crowd or into those protesters. Yeah. They, they arrested the Black man, and yes. so, yeah, that was... It was so problematic, and that man was, like, in, in jail for, like, a night. He got bailed out and stuff. But just, like, the whole surrounding conversation, um, and maybe it's just because I am from Florida, so I follow a lot of people right. and people talking about it. And it's just, like, why are we still in this conversation when we can't just admit where we're wrong and that exactly. there is racism present? And, like, don't try to make a joke about it. Don't try to be like, oh, he, he was asking for it by being in his face. No, he just got run over by a car. Of course he's going to be mad. So that's something that, right. Sorry, I'm talking over, but it's like, ugh. Sorry, that got me upset. No, it's so upsetting because it's like after, not after just this year, but like after everything, why don't we understand that this is a problem and that a very clear example of people using like white privilege and like, and that is still like unable to get through people's minds that this is a problem that we need to fix. So that's something that's making me loud. Yeah. I agree. So I do agree. you have anything that's making you loud or anything you want to plug maybe? I know so there's well, a lot of stuff in the docket. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. I was to keep it in the same theme as you guys to bring awareness. I what was making me loud was um there was a young man, I think his name is Daniel Prude. He he died in police custody um before COVID in March. The video was released 2 days ago, I believe, and it was super horrific. Um, he was having a mental breakdown, they said, because of drugs. They said that he, um, I think was, I don't remember the drug he was on, but he was having like a breakdown. And the police put a bag over his head and they held him on the ground for two minutes. Um, they said he died from suffocation. Um, or at least I think that was the word they used. I might be wrong, but he died because of um, what happened like with the police. He died at the hospital. They took him off life support. And this happened in Rochester, New York. And it's getting me really loud because the video was so horrific and so disgusting. There has to be something done about the officers. Um, I believe after the video, they were suspended. But that means they were not suspended for April, May, June, July, and even August. So that means for about four to five months, they were still making money after they killed someone that's horrific and not just suspended I think they should also be in jail or have some type of um, prosecution some type of judgment because even if it was a mistake the video was so horrific 
there has to be some penalties to even mistakes um, because it was really horrific. It was really, really horrific. The video really disturbed me and it really made me sad. Yes. Yes. Daniel Prude. Thank you for saying his name also. I remember I woke up to that um, trending one morning this yeah. week and I remember just like having to put my phone down because I was like, this is so horrific. Like literally it's horrific. Literally. And I think it's hard because we want to watch the video and be aware, but then it's also like so horrific. It's horrific and it's traumatic and it's super, super triggering to watch your own black brother complain mm -hmm. <laughs> again. So I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, and yeah, to our allies right now wondering what you can do, you can be making calls, you can be emailing, I mean, you can be doing, you can be protesting in the streets, you can be protecting black protesters. So what Chica said, like, so that doesn't happen again. So thank you, Gabby, for bringing that up. That's no yeah. problem. Wow. Well, y'all, we covered a lot today. Gabby, you are absolutely incredible. We are completely in Thank awe you so much. inspired by you, seriously, and we do not we do not say such as to say it. Like we truly mean that. So thank you so much for being on the pod today. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate. Thank you for allowing me to do my makeup, even though I'm not finished. I'm looking a little oh. pale. I was just looking at it. But thank you so much um, for having me. And I really appreciate this conversation. Keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys are doing a great job. I'm very proud of this interview. I love that you guys researched all your questions and I'm very proud of you ladies. So just keep up the good work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we are so excited for all the new things that Meth Eater has in store. We will be the first people to buy merch. <laughs> literally <laughs> like i think you guys are gonna be really pleased what i have in store for you guys so i'm gonna send you guys some I'm, i want you guys to give me honest feedback when i do send it to you guys and please like yes i would please share with your friends and just spread it spread it spread it i really want this merch to be lit i'm hoping that i could drop it at the i would love to drop it in october but that's just wishful thinking i'm probably gonna have to I would hope, but I think I'm going to have to drop it in January, but yeah. Oh, well, we're ready whenever. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> but today, we love you so much. Check in on your friends. Keep saying his name. Keep saying her name. Keep fighting, y'all. And we will see you next week. Ooh, see Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.